between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local and you'd like to join in on our discussion, have a praise report, a prayer request, a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome and God bless you. The number is 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, and like to join in on our discussion today, please call us at 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, and that would be www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just wave to you. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please visit our website again www.savethelostlv.org look for our weekly archives just click on to the link it'll open up and you'll be able to listen to all our previous broadcasts the gospel is always free on our watch we have a lot of resources up there please feel free to check them out and invite someone to listen with you and to get the resources if you have a cell phone and most of us do We have a cell phone number that you can dial into. It only works in the United States, courtesy of KKVV, which is 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. I'm going to give you that number twice, 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. I strongly encourage you to keep it and make it one of your phone contacts so that you can share it with others. And listen to KKVV anytime you like via cell phone. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. Also, if you have an Apple device, we are being also archived on iTunes for free. So we're going to get into our topic today. And our topic today is love is a command. Love is a command. You know, we have Thanksgiving coming up uh, next Thursday, and it's usually a holiday that's celebrated in the United States to symbolize Thanksgiving for uh, opportunity for friends and family to come together uh, to honor one another, to be grateful for the blessings that you have, to be grateful for one another, and to uh, show, show and share goodwill to others and to invite them to your table. Because there are a lot of people that uh, will be alone. And also there are a lot of people who uh, are uh, struggling. Uh, 
So it's an opportunity, you know, it's almost like uh, an amnesty day, if you will. We're going to put the differences aside. Uh, we're going to demonstrate uh, humility. We're going to demonstrate friendship. We're going to reach across the aisles. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to have togetherness. We're going to have a big day of unity. Well, none of that means anything if there's no love. So that's why the lesson today, the discussion today, is love is a command. So, and believe it or not, it should be like that every day, not just one day a year. So, when we look at the sanctity of marriage, when we look at the union of marriage, we think about, wow, look at what God is putting together. Look at what would a marriage be without love? So, how could you lay a foundation that will last through generation to generation to generation? What will you give your children? What would you want your children to give their children and their children's children? I mean, look at this. Look at that thought. So there are some popular scriptures that um, you hear in a traditional Christian type of wedding. And even some uh, non-Christian weddings. You will hear uh, scriptures spoken. But the thing about a Christian wedding, uh, God is always invoked. The word of God is always invoked. And it's always talking about God, the Father, God, the Son, and Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share with you a few of uh, scriptures to get your mind and your heart open so that we continue on this road that we're going to be talking about where love is a command. And then, of course, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. We would be remiss if we did not go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So... Let's uh, go to a few, shall we? So the first one I want to look at comes in the book of Amos. And I have a dear sister in Christ, uh, Minister Susan, and this is something that uh, she imparts often to me in our discussion. So I definitely want to let her know that I love her. I'm thinking of her and uh Honestly, you're on my mind, so I'm going to open up with uh, Amos chapter 3, verse 3. So, I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? It's a question. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? And this relates to partnership and love. In a relationship, there is a partnership. Even as we deal with one another, you know, in family, there's a partnership. Imagine most things, when we look in business, they might start off with two partners and then there's a breach. There's an agreement that cannot be settled. Or there comes to a mutual understanding that this is just not going to work out. We're, we're going to move on. But the key thing here is about a partnership. 
agreement. And because we're speaking from the word of God, it has to be divine in nature. Amen? So, the next scripture we're going to look at is... We're going to go to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to go to Proverbs 18 and look at verse 22. It says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Can you imagine? Not only do you have a good thing when you find a wife, but you have favor from the Lord. Who could not benefit from favor? Amen. And then it's just going to roll down. And anyone who is in that proximity of this relationship would definitely benefit from the favor of the Lord upon that union. That is just refreshing and exciting to know. Our commentary says the verse states that it's good to be married. Today's emphasis is on individual freedom is misguided. Strong individuals are important, but so are strong marriages. God created marriage for our enjoyment and he pronounced it good. This is one of the many passages in the Bible that shows marriage as a joyful and good creation of God. Wow. It's like a song. Each time you hear it, it touches you more deeply and completely. So, let's see where we're going to go next. I just want to share a few of them with you. So, how about we go to Genesis Two and twenty-four. Now, believe it, believe it or not, I am a wedding officiant, and I do a lot of counseling when it comes to relationships. So this is probably one of my go-to scriptures, and I speak on this quite often. And it's something for us to think and ponder on. Genesis two, twenty four, And the word of God says this. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. My headphones are trying to come off and I just got to adjust them a little bit. So if you just give me a moment. I'm still here with you. Thank you for that. And... This is divine in heaven and earth. And it's one of the first things God has spoken after he created Adam and Eve. And This is so exciting. Matter of fact, the scripture before verse 23 in Genesis 
chapter 2, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then here comes verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Wow. How about that for timing? And just before that, God has stated that he looked upon Adam and it wasn't good for him to be alone. And then Adam is put into a deep sleep. The first surgery that was ever performed. No scar. And when he awakes, Adam comes out of it and sees this and makes this declaration. He proclaims what he's seen. And and he knew it was no one but God that had presented him with this gift. How exciting. And the commentary in the Bible says that God gave marriage as a gift to Adam and Eve. They were created perfect for each other. Marriage was not just for convenience, nor was it brought about by any culture it was instituted by God and has three basic aspects one the man leaves his parents and in a public act promises himself to his wife two the man and woman are joined together by taking responsibility for each other's welfare and by loving the mate above all others three the two become one flesh in the intimacy and commitment of sexual union which is reserved for marriage strong marriages include all three of these aspects again we're talking about love is a command so i think i'll look at one more and then uh we will continue to journey on. So, let's see where we're going to go next. Um, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. So, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. And then we're going to look at verse 25. Again, we're going to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, we see here that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shows us the depth of how much a man is supposed to love his wife. He he sets it up. And we know how much Christ loves the church because we are the church. The people, the ecclesia, the called out ones. It's not an address. It's the body. We make up the body. He loved us so much. That he gave his life for us. So you can imagine. That. For those of you who are still in your marriages. 
To God be the glory. He's given you another opportunity to love as he has loved. And that's what we need to be most grateful for. That it's still working. We still have an opportunity to emulate this, to strive for this, to set this as the goal. And it's obtainable when we do it continuously. We don't have to stop and pick back up. We can continue to do it every day. So, it's amazing. So clear, so pure, and attainable. Because it starts with the desire in your heart. There was nothing that was going to stop our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for fulfilling the prophecy so that we would know that salvation was real, that anyone would know, whether they believed or not, that the prophecy was real. He was here to fulfill it, and he did fulfill it. And he's coming back. So, how much higher of a demonstration of love do you need We're talking about love is a command today. So I gave you a few scriptures that relate to what we hear a lot of times in weddings to remind us of our relationship with God, our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom, what this is all about, what the foundation is. It's about family. See, you may have a lot of relatives, but you may not have a lot of family. It requires something. A love supreme, a love divine, a love unconditional. It will require everything, not something. And it's so divine in nature because You cannot not love when you love. It's foreign to you to emulate anything but it when you have committed to it. When it's like the vow for richer, for poorer, when you talk about in sickness and in health, and then one that we're most familiar with, To death do us part. It is a vow unto death. And you can experience it. Because you are individuals before you come together in a marriage. So it's about a commitment. And when there's commitment to love, there's evidence. It's just not talk. It's not enough to say, I love you. There has to be a demonstration of that love. It has to be intentional. And not based out of convenience. Or what you think you can get. So, let's go to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at chapter 13. 
Okay. And see, if you were familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians, you know that Paul had been talking about spiritual gifts. And they are going to begin with verse, excuse me, chapter 12. And they encompass in chapter 13. And then they go on to chapter 14. But in chapter 13, it is the greatest gift that we are talking about far and exceeds spiritual gifts. And we will see this because a lot of people put emphasis on spiritual gifts and they are a blessing. But Paul cautions people. What are they without love? If you really, really want to exercise the gifts that God has given you, the most greatest element is going to be love. So, let's get to it. So, I am going to start in verse 1. And then I'm going to go down to verse 13. Imagine that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 with 13 verses. How about that? So, the Word of God says this. Verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal too. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not loved, I am nothing. Three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. For love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Five, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Six does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Seven bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Eight love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. Away nine, for we know in part as we prophesy in part ten, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Eleven, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. 12. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. 13. And now abide. Faith, hope, love. 
these three, but the greatest of these is love. He talked about many spiritual gifts, but again, he emphasized what were they without love. And we're talking about agape love. And that is the highest form of love. That is how God loves us. Amen. So we need to be mindful. It's not a romantic type of love, which would indicate arrows. It's not a brotherly type of love, which is philo, like from Philadelphia, which is known as the city of brotherly love. Oh, it's such a higher form of love. It is divine in nature and origin. And again, remember, it's the type of love that God has towards us. And see, we see over and over and over that God, Almighty God, the Most High, the God of all creation, heaven and earth, has rolled out this wonderful plan for us from Genesis to Revelation. It is a love story of the most highest form. It has sin. It has betrayal. It has rejection. It has abandonment. It has selfishness. It has pride. It has jealousy. It has those who gossip. Those who perpetrate. Those who steal. Those who rob. Those who terrorize. Those who kill. Those who destroy. Those that are the ones who do the work of Satan himself. But it has not deterred. God's will or his plan. Nor has it. Ever. Tried. To. Allow us not to have a choice in the matter. Because you have a choice. As to who you want to follow. What you want to do. And even who you want to be. It doesn't take anything away from his story. Because whether we receive it or not, he's God all by himself. He is the most high, the most righteous. He is everlasting to everlasting. He's in and out of time. There's no time that can define him. There's no place that he can't go. There's nothing that he doesn't know. He's everywhere at the same time, all the time. He is the brightest light. His love knows no depths and no bounds. It's ancient and it's endless. It's eternal. And the plan that he has for us has always been that we have fellowship with him, unbroken, 
and he sent his only begotten son to ensure that we understood that this was for us. And without him, we are nothing. Patient. Yes. Redeeming. Resurrecting. Who would not want that? And that's why he doesn't force himself. He invites us. Love is not forced. It's not controlling. It's inviting. So, I'm very excited to talk to you about it. Because I have benefited from a love so supreme. It allows me to give knowing that I've been blessed with another opportunity to do it and that his work is not finished in me. I'm excited to emulate and to aspire and to strive and to be intentional because I want to be where he is. And there's some places that he's not. So, Let's start breaking down 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. And again, we were talking about the spiritual gifts. It talked about the gifts of tongues and prophecy and knowledge and faith and giving. But they're nothing without the supremacy of love. Can you imagine? They have value, but they have zero value if it is not combined with the supremacy of love. Love is preeminent to these spiritual gifts. So if someone is emulating that they're gifted and there's no love, have to question where is God because he would not hide from us in his gifting and you would not rob him of his glory in the gift that he gave you he must be present Because God is love. That's the preeminence. That's where it begins and ends. So if you're operating in a gift without God. To whose glory? To whose benefit? That's a question that you have to ask yourself. And we see that. In verses 1 through 3. Now, let's get down to verse 4. It's a lot of meat there. 
talks about. Love is long-suffering and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. And then we go to verse 5. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. 6. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. 7. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Wow. That is something, men and women of God. So... Hmm. So, let's start looking at that. Love isn't envious. It's not proud. It's not boastful, it's not inappropriate, it's not rude, it's not selfish, it's not short-tempered, not evil, and it's not accepting of sin. See, when you profess your love and you demonstrate your love, a lot of times people will misuse that word. To gain control, to manipulate, to cheat, and to steal, and to take what is not theirs. Because they will use it in the form of a question, which is really a trick. If you love me, you would do this. If you love me, you would give me this. If you love me, you would overlook this. No. See, love is a demonstration of righteousness. And Almighty God in heaven is the epitome of righteousness. He is righteousness. So we have to be mindful when we try to manipulate And twist and turn to use it to our advantage. Because when we talked about Genesis 2.24. And it was about a man leaving his mother and father. And cleaving into his wife and the two shall become one. So if you're operating under that standard. Why would you ask yourself To be accepting of sin. Then why would you want to be forgiven of sin? Why would you even think that you would want to partake in the gift of repentance? It's hypocritical. It's self-defeating. It will bring devastation and separation from God. See, you reap what you sow. And you usually reap more than you sow. There's a bountifulness in sowing. You look at corn. 
you plant a seed of corn and it produces a stalk. A stalk has many ears. Each kernel is a seed. Are you starting to get the picture? So if you're reaping confusion, you're going to get more confusion. It's eventually going to catch up with you. It will take you over. It's a universal principle. It's divine in origin. So you have to be mindful when you're using this word love. It's more than a word. It's an attitude. It's an intention. It's a behavior. Even a child can recognize it. Because it's divine in in origin. We must remember that the source of love is the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We were created in love because we're a reflection of their image. We were made in their image. And being made in their image, they always had a plan for redemption for us, for salvation for us, eternity for us, to be in fellowship in this realm and the next. No separation. To be born twice and die once and then live forever face to face. With our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that makes intercession on our behalf. We're talking about love is a command. It's important that we make sure we do a love checkup. It's like you check for your car keys. You check to make sure the lights are off. You check to make sure that you're being a good steward and you're taking care of your responsibilities. But you have to understand you are made in love. You come from love. It has to be a constant checkup. And if something is causing you To question that. Then you need to step back from it. And go to the Lord in prayer. Because it could be a test. From him to make sure that you need to work on this. This is something that. You need to master. You need to spend more time in it. So that you can reap the benefit. Again, every man and woman will reap what they sow. And you're always going to reap more. 
you decide what it is that you're sowing. So, we are going to get down to verse 8. And it talked about that some of the spiritual gifts are going to be cut off. There will be a time when we will no longer be in this assignment. And some of us will have things that happen in our lives. It could be sickness. And then we would not have the ability to speak the prophecy, the word of God. And then there must be the thing that remains, which will be love, because it won't pass away. And there talked about the gift of knowledge. Well, when our assignment is up, we won't be here to operate in that gift. But the love will remain. I am blessed, as I'm sure you are, to benefit from those that love me while they were here. And even those that I didn't meet, it was because of their love that I stand on their shoulders, that I benefit, that I am a recipient of that sowing and reaping. I am a manifestation of many generations before me. Agreements that were made in the universe that I would be able to experience in a season called now. I'm excited about that. I'm grateful for that. I did not have anything to do with that. But yes, I benefit from that. However, since I've been here approximately six decades, I am able to do sewing that will be a legacy to those once my assignment is up here. And I plan on sowing a lot. And I'm thankful for every opportunity that God gives me when he wakes me up. I have a choice as to what I want to do that particular day. But I know there are things that I must do. Because I have a responsibility and I've been commanded to love. No matter what, the love is not circumstantial. The love is not based on conditions. I must find a way to punch through, to break through, to be forward, to be intentional in my efforts. I am a part of the prophecy, as you are. We are a manifestation of the prophecy. We are those who 
are in relationship have a mandate on our lives. We are to emulate Christ. And his love knows no bounds. He said he'll be with them to the age, to the end of age. Can you imagine? He's with us now. His love bears witness to us now. You got to get excited about that, men and women of God. You only have so much energy. You only have so much time. You got to decide what you want to devote your time and energy to. You can't be living in vain. Everybody can't be the problem. You got to be the change that you want to see. Your altitude, your altitude is determined by your attitude. See, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ caught the woman in adultery and he charged those that without sin, they told him to cast the first stone. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you have no sin, cast the first stone. And from the oldest to the youngest, they all dropped their stone and left. They were convicted in their heart. They knew that they could not throw a stone, let alone stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and try to make an argument. An argument in, in the context of forensics, public speaking, is a structured debate. There is one who will present an argument and one will counter the argument. It's passionate at times. But necessary and structured. So, our Lord and Savior presented them with an argument in the form of a question. If you're without sin, then cast the first stone. Oh, they spoke. They put the stone down from the oldest to the youngest and left. And then our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, asked the woman, basically, who is here to condemn you? Who is left? And she says, no one, Lord. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So how long do you have to be right in your mind? See, there's a such a thing as dead right and dead wrong, but dead is nothing. You can't recover from that. So, and there are those who our season is over with. But we must live in peace with all men. And some men are not peaceable. I get that. And that goes for women too. But you don't have to be evil. You don't have to be envious. You don't have to be inappropriate. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be short-tempered. 
in being peaceable. So we need to remember that. That we have a responsibility and the obligation to operate in the spiritual gift of self-control. It doesn't matter what a person does. You don't have control over that. But you do have control over how you respond. So be mindful of that, men and women of God. So, the conclusion of the matter is love is that that's going to remain. Always and forever. This in this realm will cease and be done away with. But love will never cease. You have to understand that. And get that. And operate in that. And that you're worthy of love. A lot of us who have done things. And we suffer tremendously from guilt and from shame. That's not of God. Forgiveness. Accountability. Turning away from that that kept you separated. That is what impresses God. There's no man that can judge you. Because they did not create you. However, there is some behavior that can be pointed out to you that you need to work on. But no one can determine your final destiny. That is God's decision. And His alone. But He gives us these basic life instructions in His Word before leaving earth as to how we can have A love affair with him that will never end. Supreme, divine, in origin. And we can emulate it and we can taste it and we can partake in it right here and right now. You were made with love. You were made in his image. Create the love inside of you. See that you're worthy of this beautiful gift. And many of us will see some people we haven't seen in a while. Very soon. And I'm asking you. I implore you. With all humility. To partake. In this wonderful and divine gift. Why you've been given this opportunity. Because he's still working with you and through you. Let the hurt wash over you and wash down the drain. Let the shame not have power over you. Let the guilt not keep you in bondage any longer. Reach out. For the master's hand. Commit to him. In love and in deed. 
Hope is real. Faith is real. Love is real. But love is a command. You won't be sorry. By exercising that command that the Father in heaven has set up for us. His Son was so submissive and obedient, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it was in love. Get back to your word. There's a lot of people here in the word of God that weren't perfect. But God can take an imperfect people and give them a perfect love. And we can operate in his perfect plan. It's your season. It's your time. Be ready to love. Be love. Demonstrate it. Love God as he has loved you. Choose to love. And let go. By releasing yourself. Forgiving yourself. Love yourself. Be the change that you want to see. Start sowing seeds of love. We love you and God bless you. And save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKBV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 70. 70- 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, 
And don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. 